Good evening, you listen to another County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. And me, Christopher Ridgway, over here. Because sometimes we, we do kind of plan it and we think about what we're going to say. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. This, this is our um, post-Halloween show. It's a shame, really, that you know, this is a podcast and so there's no visual element because you're a very good um, pumpkin carver. Would you believe... Who would, have thought, who would have thunk it? Would you believe they were the first pumpkins I've ever carved? I, no, I'm not having it. Honestly? We had Minions, we had... Spider-Man. Spider-Man, we had everything. Paw Patrol... Paw Patrol. That's my yeah. favourite TV show. Yeah, who, who, I, it's a shame that my son's 30, but I'm hoping that Paw Patrol's going to be on still when my uh, my grandchild comes along. Well, their Paw Patrol are performing, or they're appearing at Stockport County's ground on Saturday. Are they? Yeah, well, I can't see her away at Curzon. I'm gutted I can't go. That's, that's terrible news. Yeah. Uh, but, but first, just to remind you that our sponsor this year is the Spinning Top uh, on the A6 in Stockport. It, they're our sponsor... Partly because we've got a tie-up with them for an event, which Chris will tell you about in, this, in a second, in case you didn't hear last week. But um, they have fantastic craft beers, keg and cask. We've sampled quite a few of them. They never let you down. And it is a great live venue, and they're very welcoming to county fans. It's just around the corner, the perfect place for a pint, before or after the match. But Chris, tell, tell us about the, uh, the event. Yeah, so Saturday the 8th of December is County Legends Night. You're actually going to hear Jim Gannon um, gives a few words on it towards the end of the show tonight. He's really looking forward to it. He is going to be there along with Alan Lord who tweeted about it earlier tonight and he's looking forward to reliving some great memories uh, of years gone by. Mike Flynn's going to be there. Mike Flynn, when he was talking about this event to me, Martin, he told me this was the happiest time of his career was when he was at Stockport County. He can't wait to relive it with some county fans. And Peter Ward, the very same Peter Ward, he texted me the other night and said, can't wait to catch up with a few of the boys. So many great memories and lots of tales to tell. That's on the 8th of December. It's after the Chester game at home, which is going to be a bumper game. It's just before Christmas. The feel-good factor is going to be well and truly swinging around Edgley Park. I can't think of any reason why a Stockport County fan wouldn't change any already made plans to be there. It's at the spinning top, so it's around the corner from the ground. It's going to be an 8 o'clock start, so you've got a couple of hours to get over there, get yourself comfy, get a couple of ales in pre-match. Buy us a pint. Buy us a pint, because we'll have earned it. Um, and then, of course, we're going to be hosting the evening as well, you and I, Martin, uh, with the guys, the legends of the uh, yesteryear, and maybe some more modern-day ones as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. That's Saturday the 8th of December, after the Chester game at home, in the spinning top, Jim Gannon, Peter Ward, Mike Flynn, Alan Lord, and more joining us on stage. Do not miss that. That's quite a lineup, and especially as it is free. It's free in as well. I mean, if you did, if you needed a selling hook, there's your selling hook. If you needed one, after all we've just said, I'm not going to bring any pumpkins though because the season will have passed. Yeah, absolutely, you'd be daft. Maybe a pumpkin spice latte. Maybe you know, a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. I'm more of an eggnog man personally. I like an eggnog latte, well, but they don't it, seem to do it. It's probably really, really bad for you. There's, there's a running joke on the on the bus when we go away to uh, county games. I once, 
it was accused. I was accused of asking for this. I certainly don't remember asking for it. Funny um, that. Yeah, but I was accused of asking for a black latte. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! You're the lad they would have sent for the tartan paint <laughs> on his yeah. first day. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, frothy coffees and pumpkins aside, ales. Music, County Legends, straight after the Chester game, the spinning top, 8th of December, not to be missed. What more could you want? Circle that in your diary. Uh, now, uh, we were also saying this is going to be a podcast of two halves because we're going to talk about a fantastic match and an absolutely dire match, and that's what you just talked about with Jim. So let's hear your interview with Jim, and then we'll pick up after that. Jim, we're back at Edgley Park after training on Thursday. The first words you said when you came into the interview room after the game on Tuesday was one word, Wow. And that's what it was on Tuesday. Um, I don't think that was my first word, but yeah, no, it, that's the feeling I think we all had um, coming off the... Um, I think we kind of did that, not just because of the nature of the performance, but it was the kind of... Uh, the fact it all came together and the unexpectedness of it all coming together against in such a game. But I think um, with all the young teams I've ever had, there's always been defining moments where you see all your work come together. And I think... Um, I was so pleased for all the staff and all the players that we've seen what we're capable of. I was speaking to Matty after the uh, after your interview, and I said to him, "If we've done that to Chorley, can we can we play like that against anybody in the league now?" And he said, "We believe we can do it against anybody." That really echoed the the feeling around the players. Do you think the same? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, you know, got a lot of credit to Chorley. Although they're on a a bit of a sticky run at the moment, um, which is natural because they've, you know, um, everybody's now sort of geared up to beat them or expecting a hard game against them. Um, so they're perhaps raising the game because they're the league leaders. And that was certainly the challenge we put to our players to show that they're capable of beating the best in the league. And uh, we did that. Um, the other teams are going to make it difficult for us. Um, I think Chorley kind of came and played, tried to impose their system upon us and, and played perhaps a bit more open than other clubs have. And we exploited that with our energy and our... Uh, bravery really to play a strong aggressive shape against them and I think um, we got the fruits of that from the performance uh, the goals and the result and uh, it was you know credit to lads because they put a big shift in after the game against uh, Nuneaton on Saturday you nobody I don't think anybody was really happy with that uh, and you spoke very openly and honestly with John Kieran after the game was there a sense that everyone's taken stock that Saturday wasn't good enough and Tuesday was a bit of a reaction to it uh, I don't think it's a question of that. I think, um, you know, I think my programme not summed it up. I think that um, people have been quick to judge. Um, I don't know what their expectations were this year. I, I knew that when you change a squad, uh, there's a transition to take place. I know that when you bring players into any club, there's an adaption to your ways of doing things, there's an adaption to new systems of play, new ways of training, the travel, uh, the three days a week, there's an adaption period. And I think that, um, and as I said in my programme notes, uh, it seems to me I'm the only one who has the courage and faith to believe that this group is good enough to win games consistently against the best sides in this division. And I, and I said that before the game. Um, I said it was the best group of players. I think we've got a great staff. And there's a lot about the club that is great. But, but you know, a club that's got its motto as animal ophelia, it seems to be... I seem to be the only person that has courage and faith and I was surrounded by so much negativity on Saturday that I thought, think, to, well, um, if you want to be a believer, be a believer. If you don't want to be a believer, but I think we've got something. And uh, we came in on Monday and I said, I still believe we are a very, very good side in the making 
we're a work in progress and I think if we go about our business as well as we can then we can beat anybody and I think that um, sort of showed on Tuesday night. One thing that I was really impressed with on Tuesday night and I think I think caught a lot of people's eyes were not one particular performance but it was the team playing for each other everybody was on the same page and it was that that Chorley couldn't get past everyone was doing their job and everything worked would you agree on that? Yeah, I think we talked about a, a kind of um, the, using a very aggressive shape that we did. It was kind of like there was a, a responsibility, a direct responsibility for each player right in front of them. And if we could impose ourselves in man-to-man situations, both offensively and defensively. But the real secret was that um, those that were around the ball were pressing hard, but those on the other side were, were working around to, to give mutual protection. And... and um, the, the chat we had on Monday morning, the, the one-hour training session we had on Monday morning just consolidated those principles, paid off immeasurably. And I think that we showed the benefits of the the, the, the hybrid full-time system that we're moving towards we're from Monday's work because we, we were a completely different side, so much, uh, so well prepared for Tuesday night's game. And um, so in that sense, I think that the kind of, the unity of purpose about the way we went about our game defensively and offensively was excellent to see and uh, I was really pleased. How would you sum up the, the first training session post the Chorley win? Was it was it all energy and everyone was over the moon or was it straight back to work or maybe people a bit tired after a shift? What, what was it like? Um, well, we've, we've, we've had some really fantastic um, results. You know, the Altrincham game, everybody's buzzing and you come in after um, the cup draw. And, uh, but this was, you know, I, I think... Myself and the players and the staff, we're all very level-headed. You know, we don't we don't get too down when we lose. We don't get, you know, we don't start walking funny when we win. Um, we are kind of sensible, modest people who um, are really pleased in what we've done. Um, so there was a sense of, like, um, a good mood. But there was also a feeling of, um, right, we're preparing now for Saturday and we want to consolidate what we've done that, um, on Tuesday with another win. And um, we need to prepare now for for, for Curzon, do profes- the professional thing. We had a couple of tired players, and we were conscious of making sure that the session was at the right level. Um, if anything, we probably toned it down a little bit, um, made it a little bit like uh, kept the intensity higher, but the volume lower, um, because I think Tuesday would have certainly took a lot out of our players because of the work rate, the adrenaline that was pumping. So we need everybody now to be physically and mentally recovered for Saturday's game. And um, if we go about our business in the same manner, then we've got a really good chance of uh, consolidating our good run and uh, making it uh, a run that involves a lot of wins. In the perspective of the league, Chorley might have been seen as the the glamour game because they're top of the league and it's Tuesday night under the floodlights. Does it make... More uh, does it make the Curzon game more important on Saturday because we've got to show we can play to that level in a game that isn't top of the table and it's not the glamour game. It's Curzon Ashton away. We've got to go and do just as important job of there as we did on Tuesday. Um, it's a great question in the sense of um, I think there, there'll be a different type of atmosphere about the game. We're away from home. I think last year we, uh, despite the result, we we dominate the game for large periods, um, and we're really disappointed to only have a draw. I think you're right. After a result like that, the, the the pressure is on us a little bit to go and win the game and to, to show that we're capable of doing that again. Because uh, Curzon, I'm not sure what their ambition will be in the game or in the league, but they're, they're in a solid position at the moment. Um, the form at home hasn't been great. The form away from home where they've sort of perhaps 
played not to lose and pinch what they can has been, and they've got a, a remarkable set of results on the road. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Curzon play it. Will they show us too much respect and uh, settle for attempting to get a draw out of the game? Or will they match us toe-to-toe -to -toe and play? And if they do that, like Chorley do, then I think we're in for a fantastic game where we'll see a lot of good football and a really entertaining game. But um, it all depends on what Curzon's attitude is to the game. I think we're going there to try and impose ourselves upon them. We, we, we know we've got lots of players in very good physical condition. Uh, they've had the extra training. They've got good athleticism. So what we have to do is make sure that we impose that upon what's a, a part-time team with their third game in seven or eight days. So if we can show that energy and purpose then, uh, it, hopefully it be the, give us the edge over them. It's a good analogy they're going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Uh, one is that what county are going to adopt on Saturday? Do you think that the, the players' mindset now, after such a high, they're going to take the game to Curzon and show them what they're all about? Well, yeah, I think um, what we want to do is um, we, we were quite brave, as I said, against Chorley in terms of imposing our shape upon them, not let them settle. Um, you know, if they wanted to play out from the back, we wanted to press hard. Uh, we did that to you know both South Shields and to to teams like uh, Altrincham and say, well. We, we're going to try and disrupt your, your your game A and then if you resort to game B, we can win that because we've got the players with the aerial ability, the physicality, the mobility to, to, to get around the pitch and impose both strategies upon you. So um, I think we've got to take stock and we've had a, a good eight games. Um, we should have had more points to tell for game to start with and then you've got your Herefords and your thing. And it would have been a fantastic run of results. But at the moment, it's a good run of results. We're in the first round of the FA Cup. But I'm conscious of the fact that we're, we're one game behind most teams. And if we get a result on Saturday, uh, we'll be heading into the Oval game in a solid position in the league with one or two games to catch up, which if we pick points up in those, will put us in a great position. And uh, um, So we're coming into a very important period where... I think we've got the opportunity not just to consolidate the run and our position in both competitions, but also to kick on. And um, I think that'll be the challenge to the players whether we can can improve on on what we've done in the last eight games and and continue that run going forward. It has been a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday week. What is the state of the players? Any injuries to report on? No, no. Everybody. Um, I think we had one player sit out tonight because of a, a tight groin, so that was a precautionary thing. Um, and Paul Turnbull joining tonight for the first time he's been involved in football, although it be non-contact. So um, we said at the start of the season that we knew that the squad we have wouldn't be the biggest. Um, so some of our targets were to maintain a high level of fitness, a high level of availability um, and make sure that players weren't suspended. So our discipline and our, the way we've gone about our conditioning has been excellent. And we've got a fully fit squad going into the next couple of weeks Um Although we need to give Paul a bit of time just to get himself, if you like, football fit and match fit. So, um, but yeah, the same squad going into it. Obviously, we'll have the return of Dan Cowan. It was probably a touch overcautious to leave him out from the 16. But um, but what I knew was that we would definitely have Dan Cowan available for Saturday. Should anybody um, be feeling the, the effects of fatigue or pick up an injury in what was always going to be a very tough physical game against uh, Chorley. So at the moment we're, we're in good shape and um, we've trained well. Um, what we need to do is take all that that conditioning, that work, um, that fitness and bring it into the, uh, Saturday's game. And um, if we do that, then we've got a chance of winning. Just finally on the game on Saturday, do you think there's any spice in the game with it being a local affair? 
I think they've tried to build it up as some sort of um, Greater Manchester game. I think um, there's no particular spice in it. Um, I think it's two teams, um, you know, going head-to-head. Um, there's no more spice in it than us playing Blythe Spartans. They're all tough games and they've all got different uh, aspects to it. Um, you know, there's a there's an edge to it with us having a couple of curves and players. and But I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's not the sort of same derby as playing your Chesters <clears> and your Crews and your... And teams like that, although they're a bit closer, but now it's a, it's a, just a, another game that has an extra special edge because fans want to go and see what we did against Chorley again. And um, you know, if we if we give them that treat, then we'll all be coming away Saturday night in a, with big grins on our face. Finally, Jim, we announced last week Saturday the eighth of December is County Legends Night, uh, and you're invited down yourself. Would that be a night to look forward to? Yeah, like we've, we've talked about it privately and publicly, and it's um, I'm really looking forward to meeting up with those guys. Um, there's always a good feel heading into Christmas, but when you get get back with people that sometimes you lose touch with, um, you know. But the nostalgia comes out, the the memories, the laughs, the, the banter is all brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to what I think is going to be a fantastic night. Great, Jim. All the very best for Saturday. So Chris, there we have it. The, uh, the this is the podcast for two halves. Um, an absolutely head and I don't know how you describe. A head scratcher. So many things went wrong. So many things felt wrong, and then you go and smash um, the club that's uh, you know been doing so well on top of the table. It's it. We so I I spoke tonight with Jim, obviously as you've just heard, and then as you are all too familiar with uh, with us doing these over the years, we we have quite a long chat, usually longer than the actual interview itself. After we go off, uh, and we just couldn't stop talking about the difference from Saturday to Tuesday, 72 hours, do you know, this is not, you've not gone and taken yourself away and recollected your thoughts, and Jim was very keen to say to me, he didn't want to give the impression, it's why he kind of, he kind of came across like this in the interview you've just heard then, he didn't want to come across as though um, it was an aggressive approach from County on Saturday, because they were angry at themselves for letting everybody down on Saturday, so he said it was nothing to do with that, that's not what he wanted to achieve, and we spoke about it <clears throat> in commentary, Jim Gannon was very subdued on, on, on the touchline on Tuesday, he can't help himself from time to time, he did prowl up to the to, to that white line and, and bark a few orders, as you would expect him to do, but more often than not, he just sat down, and he let the players do what they do, he let the game Flow and we saw that we saw the players wanting to put things right. Sam Minihan, what a game on Tuesday night! I think he knew Saturday it it might have seen his number be called because Dan Cowan is pressing so hard to get back into the team. You know he was caught out of position a few times. Uh, he really felt a tough game against Nuneaton. Absolutely outstanding uh, on on Tuesday. You look further up the pitch. Adam Thomas uh, had Courtney Mepp and Walter. Of course, we know what Courtney's about having played here. Uh, you know, not so long ago for Southport County, we knew exactly what he was about, and Adam Thomas has had him in his pocket, albeit it must have been a very large pocket, uh, all night. You know, completely different game. Uh, you look across the park, Sam Walker for me, again, he's just typified what County are about this season, fighting for every ball, winning almost all of them. Uh, Elliot Osborne, again, another player like Sam Minihan, probably didn't do himself justice on Saturday, so he wanted to be a part of the resurgence, if you like. Uh, but all headlines, of course, go to Matty Warburton. A 17-minute hat-trick hat after coming on off the bench is, you know, it's the kind of thing you, you read about in fairy tales. It, it happens once every few years. 
you know, and it, you know, we were speaking to Matty after the game, uh, both on air and off air. That video has now done the rounds on, on County's website. He was absolutely buzzing with it, uh, and then he hears it possibly has gone down as County's fastest ever hat trick. So he's in dreamland, uh, and we've said it before: a happy camp is a dangerous one. Uh, I think Curzon have probably got the the most unfortunate tie of the lot this weekend because nobody will want to face County after doing that to Chorley on Tuesday. So let, let's take a step back then. So what was it about Saturday? I mean, it's, you know, I remember speaking to you about Saturday on Monday. It, we, we spoke about it on Monday and you you were just scratching your head. That's why I keep using that term. You just, mm. you couldn't really put your finger on it. Jim was really, really angry. There was a bit of, you know, a metaphorically teacup throwing, you know, the, all kinds of things were going on. People just... People just dazed after that, and then they and then they come back on the Tuesday. But, but what was it about Saturday where it all went wrong? So when you look in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't the worst performance over ninety minutes you'll see. And the first half possibly was the worst forty-five minutes you'll ever see. Um, certainly from a county perspective, and the goal typified that. It was a lazy pass to give the ball away. Uh, it was not concentrating from the midfielder to not track back. The defence didn't nearly come out and close it down. And then Ben Hinchliffe probably, you know, if he'd had this time again, probably would have made the save. Second half, for a good 15-20 minutes, County thought they, they looked like the team we know they can be. They got, they got the goal back, then they went in front, and you think, there you go. Let's forget, if we win this game 2-1, the first half's forgotten, and everybody goes home happy. We then... Went back to the awful first half. For the last few minutes, completely switched off. And Nuneaton could have actually nicked the game. You know, if it wasn't for a couple of Ben Hinchliffe master saves, you know, we could have been talking about a loss, let alone a, a draw. So, something had to give. You know, some, something went wrong, uh, be it communication, be it uh, complacency, be it none and to be fair to them, a team fighting for their lives down at the bottom have pulled out uh, an incredible performance, and they didn't do, they didn't do that classic. Let's just play for a draw and hope for the best. They came out swinging, so you've got to give them a little bit of a, a little bit of credit, really. Um, but for me, it was all about County being their own worst enemy on Saturday. Um, didn't do themselves any favors, and I thought Jim speaking the way he did after the game was exactly what the club needed. Um, it had, because it, there's been no secret. In recent weeks, certain fans have been vocal towards the gaffer during the game. Now, we can sit and talk all night, and you and I can talk about it all night. We can bring fans in. We can go out and see them at the games, wherever. If you've got a difference of opinion with what the manager's doing, fine. That's what football is all about. You know, Ferguson will have been questioned. Mourinho, Wenger, Klopp, anybody. They will have all had critics of how they play. But to actively go and distract the manager mid-game to say that you think such and such a person should be out wide or he should be dropping deeper or he shouldn't be on the bench or whatever, you've got to have a look at yourself. Now, Jim's come down and he said, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's a very brave move, I think, for a manager who's, who's not under pressure but should have won that game and didn't. It's very brave for him to come down and say anything but completely praising the fans. You know, in fact, he's come down and he said, some of them need to have a word. You know, they need to have a look at, you know, I'm not having that. He's then turned it on the players uh, and he said some of them haven't delivered. He's then said perhaps certain comments and things coming out 
you know, higher up shouldn't have been said. But then he's turned it on himself a little bit as well and said, I'm a fool for saying this and I shouldn't have done that. So nobody's escaped it, you know, including himself. No one can blame him. No, no one can say, oh, he's just pushing the blame on the players or he's blaming the fans or he's blaming anybody but him because he's he sort of made it like a realisation. Everybody has... He was almost calling for a fans forum. He was almost saying, we need to sit down and talk about where we are. What is this full-time, part-time, are we hybrid? What, what are we? And I think the players have responded to that. I think they've sat down and thought, well, what are we? You know, we're players who are playing for a hell of a club at this level. Uh, the fans have come out in great number for a Tuesday evening um, and really got behind the team and really provided that energy. So they've responded. Um, and I think, as a club, we're in a better place, not just because of the win. It's almost a turning point. You know, we're in a better place now than we were this time on Saturday because the mood was not good. Yeah, <clears throat> quite a lot to pick over there. I, It's something about County that being their own county fans, that small element being their own worst enemy. Because to me, you know, I've I've only been watching County for the last, you know, 10 Ten years or so, and a lot more, obviously, in the last five or six years since we've been on the radio. But that the fact that the fans are so close to the club, the fact that you know they're so embedded in the community, the fact that at, for this level there's so many of them, and you know they they have such a great voice, and and they are by and large very fond of, of Jim and what he's done for this club, which has been absolutely incredible. But because of that openness. There are a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but those individuals pop up on quite a regular basis. You know, it, I mean, I, I don't know. I would imagine it's not always the same people, but people because of that openness and because of the way the ground is and because Edgeley Park is not some kind of, you know, barbed wire, you know, separation. You do get that feeling that the fans are close to the players and Jim is at the very epicentre of that. And, I, you know, I do feel that sometimes, you know, that just enables, you know, the individuals to be able to do that. And, and it's not necessarily a good thing. But then if Jim's able to recognise it and turn it round and point to a lot of things, maybe it did turn out to be a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, the thing, you, you are right, you, you know, to, to, to say that it's a risky move. I personally, uh, I love our fan base. I love, like you say, how passionate they are. Considering we've dropped to the level we're at, yet they still feel that they can come and they can sing their hearts out and they can and they can have such a strong opinion. I don't mind that at all. You know, it's the fact that it's going mid-game. You, you've got to kind of reconsider them. But that's when you're at the height of the emotional level. You know, that's when you know if you're seeing your team actively make what you think is the wrong decision, uh, you, you you feel compelled to shout. And I, so I, I do get it. I do. Um, my my point was more that I think the manager has handled it in in the in the right way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I just you know I just think that it's it's quite a common occurrence for Jim to be berated by fans, uh, you know, going down the tunnel. And you know he's because you know one of the reasons he's so good is because he's so passionate and he's always going to answer them. And that's you know that that's one of the difficulties with that situation. No, he is, and he does. Like you say, for every for every couple of fans, and I think a lot of the fans who have criticised him in the past, it is more heat of the moment. <clears throat> that by and large, they are gym fans. I think I don't think there is a single county fan out there, and I stick my neck out 
I don't think there is a single one who wouldn't recognise what he has done for the club. You know, uh, okay, you can talk about tactics in this game and that game, uh, and it's like you say, heat the moment, pressure cooker situation. It boils over, but when you take a step back and you think all of his years as a player and as a manager, this guy is. You know, I'm not going. I'm going to stop short of saying Mr. Stockport County. I don't think anybody is Mr. Stockport County, but you know, he's he is county through and through. You know, he's it, part of his his fabric. He's as close as you can get to that. So, um, I, I think any county fan would appreciate that. And we move on from it now because Saturday was a tough point, but Tuesday, you know, the fans were again interacting with Jim after you know straight after the game. But it was in a way where they were asking for photographs, they were asking for handshakes, yeah. and it's that's that is the game. That is, you know, the game that we watch is, you know, when you are being embarrassed on the pitch, you take it personally, and you you know you want to lash out. But when you're doing well, you want to be a part of it. You want to you know you want to embrace it, and you want to feel that connection with it. And that's why County is such a special club. I was working with another high-profile football club in the area this in these last couple of weeks. I'll, I'll not say who. Um, but the, the the staff at this club were saying, "Oh, there's a sp- this is a special club. You don't get this kind of bond at football clubs anywhere else." And I was thinking, "I've not seen anything here that that we don't, you know, that I I feel County really is a unique club, one that interacts, engages with its fans for better or for worse. Jim is testament to that, um, and we've learned we've all learned from this. And if we can take that forward, then I think we're in for a really strong second half of the season." Yeah, I'll put something else to you, just playing devil devil's advocate here. That so that so he's had you know everybody's come under fire on Saturday, including himself, and then you've got Tuesday, and it's all gone away magically. Do you think it's a little bit dangerous? Do you think it would have been better for a for a week to to for things to you know kind of get better, and maybe then on Saturday have beaten Chorley or on Saturday have beaten. You know, mid-table team. So therefore, because they go from one extreme to the other, you know, I'm just thinking that maybe now everyone thinks, oh, now it's all right. But it can't all be all right with the with the amount of things that Jim was pointing to. No, I don't completely think that because the the vibe was so bad on Saturday. We didn't even lose, you know. But yeah. it was. But the fact that we've been able to completely blast that negativity out I will agree with you to an extent it could be negative depending on what happens on Saturday it look you know and this this is what I spoke to Jim in the interview about you know it's so important that we go and perform on Saturday so it doesn't look like we've just turned up for the big game if we lose on Saturday or if we don't win if we you know get a draw a disappointing one then I think you're right but I think if we win then we can directly connect it to the good vibe that came from Saturday and we can say we've completely come out of that bad place now. So I think it depends. In answer to your question, it's not. There's not really a yes or no. No. Because no. I agree with some of it, but I don't agree with all of it. I think, depending on Saturday, will prove whether that whether you know whether there is a case for that. So looking at we've looked at Saturday. We look at Tuesday more in isolation now. Other. So what was it? Was it? Do you think they they approached it with with more energy because of that? They all kind of stood up and said. Jesus, that can't happen again. You know, the gaffer's right. I've got to put in a good performance. Was it, you know, was the was it better tactically? What do you think it was that, you know, that enabled them to beat the, the standout team from this division there, so far? There was not a load of tactics changed 
Really? I mean, there was so there's, you know, you've got the two changes in personnel. You've got Niall Bell for, for Frank Mulhern, goes back up front. Niall Bell was absolutely fantastic. So you could, yeah, that could be part of it. Um, the other change was Jordan Keane coming back in, Matty Warburton dropping out. Uh, and Jordan Keane looked solid in the middle of the park, but ultimately Matty Warburton's come back on and won us the game. So the only real change was the number nine. Um, so the, the tactics, no, I, I wouldn't put it down to that. Player desire, I think massively. Um, we were seeing this high press that we didn't see on Saturday. We saw Nuneaton trying to close everything down that we were doing before. You know, if you want to play it out from the back, close the team down at the back. That wasn't happening. It happened on Tuesday. Charlie didn't score. So you look at that and you think that's simply player desire. That's And that's not saying the players didn't want it on Saturday. Maybe a little bit of complacency. Maybe a little bit of... Um, you know, they, 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 we should be beating these, or it's not a glamour tie. I, I don't know. It didn't happen for whatever reason. On Saturday, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, it really did happen. You know, you saw Matty Warburton chasing everything down. Uh, sorry, Adam Thomas chasing everything down. He really, Elliot Osborne, keen to make amends for what happened at the weekend. He was chasing everything down. Didn't give balls away. You know, keeping hold of it, harassing his man, getting him every every single pocket he wanted to be there. Darren Stevenson, I thought, played very very well. Certainly for the first half hour, came out afterwards that he took a bit of a knock towards the end of the first half. Might have been hooked anyway because you know he, he was up against a big centre half uh, in Andy Teague, who's very experienced. But he'd upped his game. Everybody had upped their game. For me, that was the big difference. And what that did then was that fed into the energy of the crowd. The Chi Len, when it's jumping, it's it's pretty hard to beat that feeling. Do you know? It's what the cop is to the Premier League. You know, it's 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 something that you can say a football player shouldn't be phased by it, intimidated it, intimidated by it. But you can't, how can you not be? Um, so I think the fans feeding off the players' desire was probably the difference, and the fact that Chorley never really got allowed to settle was probably, you know, that's the explanation for why we've come away with such an emphatic victory. So we usually pick the man. Is it possible to pick? A man who was good enough across both games to be able to hold his head up high, or you're going to have to go for two different men in the two different games. It's, it is a tricky one because you have to say Matty. You ha- you can't get a hat trick and not be given the coveted Daman. Possibly the quickest hat hat trick. Possibly, yeah, box. exactly, exactly, because he's completely turned the game around. Um, but then you would say, well, what about Niall Bell? You know, he's assisted two of those goals. And he has been the reason that we've changed with such a high velocity. Uh, I, I also want to give a special mention to Adam Thomas. It wasn't great on Saturday, but none of the players were. But Adam Thomas has got his first goal of the season and he's carved out a chance that's, made us a, that's given us a penalty. He was booed when he was given man of the match. found that absolutely astonishing. <laughs> out, astounding that people have done that. So I think, actually, let's give him some praise. So... <sighs> I'm going to give it one man. I'm going to give it Matty Warburton because you score a hat-trick, you've, you've earned it. Um, but there are special shout-outs to players all over the park. Sam Walker, he's another one. Ash Palmer, he's another one. Ben Hinchliffe, he's another one. All over the park for me. Um, but only one can be the winner. It goes to Matty. And Saturday, so got to carry that momentum, that energy, that that desire, you know, and you know, reward the county faithful again because, as you say... They played a big part in that. Um, you know, they they could have they could have gone to that game 
with their heads down and it could have been really muted affair and that probably would have affected it. But putting all that together again for Saturday is very important. How do you see that going? Um, <clears throat> one of two ways. Curzon always tough, always uh, you know physical of, side. They, they've had such good results on the road this season by shutting up shop. Back five, taking a you know taking a draw, nicking a win. That's if they go if they adopt that tactic at home, very negative but effective. Uh, they could do that. For me though, it's all about how the county take the game to Curzon. You know when we're on the top of our game, we are capable of blowing anybody out the water, as we've seen on Tuesday night. So if we can continue that level of performance, Matty Warburton who is going to be my one to watch this week, lifts the game to the same extent, there's nothing other than a county win. Uh, there's nothing other than a county win, surely. And same 11? I think so. I think I think so, yeah. I think um, Dan Cowan will feel a little bit unlucky not to be back in the squad, but after a team's just beaten um, uh, Chorley like that, you say the same 11, the same 11 probably that, that, that turned the game you know, I, I can't see Matty Warburton being dropped after a hat-trick. I think he probably comes in for Darren Stevenson. But other than that, looking over the team, yeah, probably. Um, don't change something if it's working. Absolutely. Um, and I've just to finish, I've often heard it's quite common these days for a player to get injured in the warm-up and not be able to make the team. I've never heard of a trainer being injured in the warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> and and so badly that he's he's out of action for a bit. Yeah, no, Nick Donnelly. Um, yeah, he pulled his calf uh, the other week trying to fancy flick when I passed him a ball. Uh, but yeah, I've seen him today. He's okay. He's back up and walking. Oh, good uh, man. He, he actually calmed down quite quickly in oh. the end. But uh, yeah. has he been a drama queen? Was Probably. Is it, it not that? Not Probably. I didn't actually see. It. I saw him do it. I was speaking to him when he did it, uh, and he's walked away. But he's a good lad, Nick, and he's a he's yeah. a tough kid. So he's he's back on his feet. Yeah, big fan of the podcast. Uh, big friend of the of this podcast, uh, Nick Donnelly. So glad glad you're well and that you'll be there on the touchline on Saturday. Yeah, back with the lads, uh, Chris. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers.